0: Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint with me today, none other than the one and only, the singular Kimberly Majeski.
1: <laughs> Hi, Jim Lyon. How are you?
0: I'm good. We're so glad to have you with us today on Viewpoint again because I know you have some history in your own life with the woman who we're talking about today. Her name is Corrie Ten Boom. When you were a child, it seems to me, your yeah. mother gave you her book. Is that right?
1: That's right. My mother was so moved by her life story that she wanted me to read Hiding Places when I was a young girl.
0: And I know there are people listening today who may not be familiar with the name Corrie Ten Boom. She has passed away some years ago, but This week, on Viewpoint, we're talking about her life and the lessons of her life. So we hope you'll stay with us as we kind of unpack some unique and wonderful life-giving stories from this most remarkable character. Her name was Cory Ten Boom. Kimberly, when you were younger, I think you once told me you were about the eighth grade when your mother gave you this book, written by Cory Ten Boom called The Hiding Place. Mm -hmm. All right, so what do you remember out of the book?
1: (laughs) Well, other than the fact that I remember laying out in the sun uh, reading this book of uh, unbelievable faith and crazy, terrifying horrors uh, as a young girl. What I couldn't get over was the tenacity of this woman, the way that she persevered in all of these horrible pieces. I think the thing that was so captivating for me was um the way she carried on after the death of her sister
0: well, you've just kind of opened up the book a little bit mm. uh, For those who may not be familiar, the name of the book The Hiding Place is drawn from one of the central features of Corey's life and that was she and her father and her sister lived together in a house in the Netherlands in a city called Harlem and During World War II, they created a space in their house to hide Jewish refugees fleeing from Nazi terror and also Dutch resistance workers.
1: As Christians, they weren't Jewish. They were hiding these people because they felt this was the right thing to do um, as Christians, as people who are followers of Christ.
0: They were extending mercy and kindness and, and gentleness, and they knew these were innocents who did not deserve to be apprehended, arrested, and sent to a camp. And so they risked everything, their whole lives, to provide safety through this little room, the secret room, what was called the hiding place. But they were betrayed by a, a Dutch informant who turned them into the Nazis, and so Cory and her sister Betsy and their father Casper were all apprehended and arrested. They were taken to jail, they were separated. Their father, taken one place, he would die in 10 days. Oh. Betsy and Cory were ultimately sent to Ravensbrück, a concentration camp 56 miles north of Berlin. There they would spend their days till the war was over. And in that camp, Betsy would die, just as you've referred. Mm-hmm. You know, Corey and Betsy never married. They were very, very close in the most unusual way as sisters. And, mm-hmm. and for Betsy to die so unnecessarily mm-hmm. because of the cruelty of the Nazis, mm-hmm. I mean, most of us would have a lifetime of trying to get over that and let go of our bitterness, but mm-hmm. that was not Corey's story. No. She learned how to forgive and move on, and then she developed a whole career As a woman in her late 50s, then her 60s and 70s, even to her 80s, becoming this like towering champion Mm. of forgiveness, of grace, of healing, of life, even in what she would describe as hell's darkest hour. And her story has inspired the millions.
1: Seems like she is the definition of the word redemption because she takes this horrible thing that has befallen her, no fault of her own, and lets God redeem it and use it for an incredible life-altering ministry for, I mean, thousands of people who would hear her story and be impacted, even like me, you know, a little girl reading the book all those years later.
0: And that book, The Heidi Place, became a bestseller. And then a film, which had wide critical acclaim and a global audience. And that catapulted Corey into a kind of a global figure, too, a phenomenon. <laughs> she had a kind of very grandmotherly appearance. I mean, if you could imagine a Dutch grandmother, well, then you've just seen Corey ten Boom in your mind's eye.
1: <laughs> oh, and didn't you say you heard her?
0: Oh, my Did goodness. You? I saw her in person. Okay, she yeah. spoke in my university when I was a student a long time ago. I can tell you, it was 1974. I was a senior at mm-hmm. university, and she came and spoke uh, for several days on my campus, and it was absolutely riveting. Oh. Corrie ten Boom endured the horrors of the war. Hers is one of several stories we might know of people who endured a concentration camp. Ravensbrück was limited just to women. It's the only concentration camp the Nazis reserved only for women, but it also had its own terrors that Mm -hmm. way. The women were used for medical experiments. They were driven to death by hard labor. There was disease. There was malnutrition. It was a very, very grim experience. 135,000 women were imprisoned there during the war. Only 15% would survive. Corey was released just before... The camp was liberated by the Allied forces. She was released due to a clerical error. Everyone else her age was in the next few days gassed to death by the Nazis, and she walked out. But think about this. Here's a woman in her 50s. Her sister's died there. Her Her father has died. She doesn't know what's left. She's in Germany. She's released from the camp. She has nothing. She has clothes on her back. It's a muddy road. The whole of Europe is devastated, and she's out on foot where do I go? What do I do? And her life then was dramatically changed, but her life unfolded in a way that she wrote a later book called Tramp for the Lord. The word tramp's kind of odd, but I think she meant like a vagabond for right. Lord. And she spent the rest of her life kind of in motion, uh-huh. going around the world without actually a place to call home uh-huh. until her last years. And all of this backstory, Kimberly, to a lesson from her life that we want to uh, kind of just wrestle with today, because If you think about her journey, her early years, very ordered, everything predictable, spot, clean, polished, geraniums in the window box, Dutch house before the war, Mm -hmm. suddenly upended by the war, then taken to a concentration camp where she lives for years, loses her family, survives, Mm -hmm. has nothing, Mm -hmm. becomes a kind of vagabond. Mm -hmm. And this woman had one important truth that everyone who knew her understood she just didn't get anxious. She, just, she was not a worrier. She, she had a sense of calm about her. Mm-hmm. And When I think about the woman I saw at my university, aged then, I don't know how old she would have been, but certainly in her late 70s, and she was so completely calm I mean, this was a little old lady who was going all around the world in a sea of thousands of college students. And boy, she was not intimidated by us one bit. There was nothing that could have happened in that room that would have thrown her off. And that was her life.
1: Fearless, right? And
0: there's a scripture uh, that she held on to. I mean, if you could say that this woman who was famous for her kind of grandmotherly attire, little tiny floral print dresses and maybe a sweater or a shawl, (laughs) black clunky shoes and some nylons that might have a seam in them, you know, her hair-tight gray bun. I mean, this woman was was not a fashion plate per se. She had a certain style of her own, but Ooh. not on the cover of Vogue. For all of that, she was clothed with things mm-hmm. that were magnificent. And one of the things she wore always, it seemed, was the truth of this verse. It's found in Philippians chapter four. What does it say?
1: Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you're considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Oh, I love that one.
0: <laughs> this is a verse of a lifetime. And it when is. we come back, let's unpack a little bit and learn what Corey learned and find some peace in this troubled world. As you're listening to Viewpoint today, you might have a question that you want to ask or maybe a comment to share just some thoughts you'd like to put forward, we want you to know we're always glad to hear from you. 24 hours a day and seven days a week, you can dial this toll-free number, and we will pick up the phone, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We'll give you that number again at the end of our broadcast today, but just now know we are always glad to hear from you. Kimberly, you just read a verse from the New Testament book of Philippians, chapter 4, which was a foundational truth in the life of Cory ten Boom. Yes. Yeah. She was a towering figure who still speaks today Uh about how to find peace in a world that is topsy-turvy and completely upended. She knew of what she spoke because her world was upended, certainly by World War II, and then she found that she could just kind of be free after that, Uh and uh, she traveled the world without a lot of the ordinary anchors that we all depend on, but she was never anxious, and this verse, you know, just jumps off the page, and when you read this phrase, uh, which I think the Apostle Paul wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, which says, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Mm-hmm. Right there, Cory ten Boom lived and breathed. Mm-hmm. Okay, so think about this woman who's now aged. She's past her 60s, she's into her 70s, she's moving into her 80s and she's still globetrotting. Mm-hmm. She never married, most of her family has passed away. Her original home in the Netherlands has been transformed during the war and after the war. It doesn't bear resemblance to what she once knew. She really has Jesus. That's what she claims Great. and holds on to. And she goes into the deserts of Africa. She goes into remote villages of India. She travels into South America. She goes everywhere, mm-hmm. always speaking about love, forgiveness, the power of grace, and the transformational power of Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. to take your life and order it in such a way that you can find peace and joy. And she just is unflappable. How do you do that? I'm thinking, you know, don't you feel vulnerable out there? What if someone robs you? (laughs) What if somebody steals your purse? What if you get sick? All the things that can go wrong. But I'm guessing that her years in a concentration camp at the hands of the Nazis taught her. Yeah that God was her companion.
1: She says one of these quotes um, that I think is so uh, beautiful, you can never learn that Christ is all you need until Christ is all you have, right? So she she knew about that life raft, that is Jesus Christ. Uh, that was all she had, even in the years after the war. That's clearly Jesus is what um, upon what she depended. But it's so interesting, Jim, because so many people we even talk about today, people go through traumatic, uh, horrific things like a war. And we talk about PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and the things that people come back with and aren't ever able to sort of wrestle through. And it seems there was this different response in, in Corey's life. She She chose a path of of acceptance, of gratefulness, and it instructed her, her years in the camp instructed her in a way that it was as if to say, you know what, I've been through the worst. No matter what else happens, um, Christ has me, and uh, I belong to Christ. And 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 so those other cares about what would happen next, it seems just fell away for her in reading her writing and her years that would come after.
0: Well, there's another passage in the verse you read that she stood on, tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. Mm-hmm. And famously in her book, The Hiding Place, she describes scenes in a concentration camp when they don't have food to eat and they're not sure if they're even going to live to the next day and they're beaten and whipped by the guards and the girl next to them is taken off to the clinic mm-hmm. to be a medical guinea pig against her will. And I mean, there's so much horror there. But in the The confines of their rudimentary dormitory bunk bed, jammed in with refugee women from all over Europe, she's she's thanking God for well, I know you know we made it through another day or thank you for that crumb of bread or whatever. That whole attitude of I'm going to tell God what I need. What I need is to get out of here. I need to have some hope. Oh, but by the way, today I can find this for which to give thanks. That's right. And that also feeds the sense of trusting God. As she traveled as she aged. She would often be in the company of younger people, more able-bodied, people who had more resources materially than she did. And they'd become so anxious about, <laughs> you know what, we're going to miss our flight. We're, uh, the car broke down. Uh-huh. I I got sick. I'm not feeling well, and so on. And they'd become anxious. And she would actually say to them, if you are worrying, this is a quote from her, if you are worrying, you are not trusting God. Uh-huh. To worry is to sin. Uh-huh. That sounds a little bit hard-edged, but she <laughs> had this deep sense of, Trusting God is the journey of life. And the more you trust him, the less likely it is you'll fall into sin. You will fail the more you worry. That's right. The more you trust him, the stronger you'll be. And that whole kind of cycle seemed to just grow with her. And the more weak she became physically and the more her world became a little bit more fading, the deeper her trust continued to grow. Mm-hmm. Cory ten Boom hung on to a famous passage in Philippians chapter 4, which talked about, don't worry, trust God. In everything, let your requests be made known to God. Uh, tell him what you need and thank him for what he's done. And the peace of God will come into your life as you are held in Christ Jesus. This passage has so much meat on the bone. And let's just walk through it step by step. This is what Cory would do day by day. Number one, What's the first thing in the verse that we all make a decision about as we wake up?
1: A choice to rejoice, right? This idea that to be glad in what God has given you, no matter what it is.
0: And you know, when you wake up, no matter what you have to face that day, my exam, my boss, my doctor's appointment, my challenge, whatever it is waiting for you, you choose at the beginning of the day, I'm going to have some joy today. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to find some. And that kind of sets the template, doesn't it? You're going to start looking for something about which you can celebrate. The second thing is let everyone see your consideration. Let everyone see as you walk through the day that you have a kind of moderation about you, that you are considerate, that you have a kind of kindness, that you are reflecting uh, who God is and who Jesus is. What's the third thing?
1: (laughs) No, you're just passing through. The sense of the temporal that this life is, Paul says it here, that the Lord is coming soon. You know, this idea that all of this will pass, the Lord will return, and everything will be set right. She believed in that and lived in that.
0: And it's my guess that if she lived today, she would not be glued to cable news every minute anxious about what's going on in the world. No, all of this stuff is going to pass. Today's headlines will be lost and tomorrow's news and so on. We're all just passing through. Jesus is coming back. And in the meantime, just take a deep breath.
1: You're saying all that for my benefit, yes.
0: <laughs> That's right, because we all live in a tumultuous world. Yes. And then the famous don't worry, pray about everything. I mean, That's right. it's not don't worry, be happy. It's don't worry, because you're praying. About everything. Mm -hmm. And she said something that uh, I thought is so precise. Anything, any concern that's too small to be turned into a prayer is too small to be made into a burden. Uh (laughs) There's so much sense about that. Uh You know what? If it's bothering you, pray about it. Uh Just project it outside of your soul and allow God to hold it for you. And then let it go. Don't worry. God is going to work things out. Of course, we all have things to do. We we need to assume responsibility for the choices we make and the way in which we order our lives. But in the end, you're gonna do what you can do and you're gonna surrender to God the rest. That's
1: right. That's the that's the point that this idea that prayer was for her surrender, giving it to God, understanding it's in God's hands, and then finding peace out of that.
0: I'll do the best with what I have, he'll take care of the rest. And then what?
1: Be thankful. This is so important. It's it's a perspective, it's a choice to see the blessings, the gifts, the goodness of your life uh, over and against those things that are hard and hurtful and um, struggles.
0: I have a friend uh, out west who walks every day and has several times told me, as she goes on her walk, she just starts with the alphabet every day, and with every letter of the alphabet, she tries to think during her walk of something she can give thanks for That's so good. while she's walking. And they could be incidental things. A for apples, and thank you, God, for apples because apples are good, and B for bumblebees or whatever you think about. But in doing that, the thankfulness then begins to frame right. your day instead of looking for all the things that aren't right and are broken and what I don't have. That's so true. Which leads us to experiencing God's peace because when you have that thankful heart, when you're trusting that God has this, when you are considerate towards others and you've made a choice to find joy, then the peace of God literally supernaturally comes into you. This is not psychology, <clears throat> this is spiritual power.
1: I stumbled over this verse, reading this verse a little bit because this is in this is locked in my heart from childhood in the King James. And I love how the King James puts this part of the verse, the peace of God that transcends all understanding. I love that idea. It's unexplainable, this idea that um, this peace has come upon you, and people say, I can't understand how you're so calm, or I don't understand how you're able to go on, or here's what it is. It's supernatural. I'm wrapped in this peace. Um, that has come upon me because I've chosen to rejoice and give this to God and trust that God is at work.
0: And in doing that, you've opened up your heart to that peace of God, which you cannot manufacture. That's right. And you cannot come to originally, it is from God. But your hearts always opened as you've taken these other steps to at last let Uh Jesus guard you. Because the peace comes as you find yourself enveloped by the living Christ. This was Corey Ten Boom's mantra, and it still speaks truth to us today. And the question, I guess, for all of us as we're approaching a new day, maybe this evening, a new week, uh, whatever is ahead of you, the question for all of us is, can we move to live in this same way? Can we find ourselves experiencing the same kind of, I might say, smile, contented smile of heaven that is reflected in us? Life is hard, and there are things beyond our control, and there will be moments when your breath is taken away, and we'll all have moments of emotional angst. That's just the way life is. But you don't want to live there. Let that be the passing moment so that you can quickly find yourself again, as Corey always did, grounded, standing tall, knowing the peace of God. How do you get there? Well, start with us today. Let's pray. A lot of this advice is about prayer. Mm -hmm. Take a moment with us and pray right now. Our Father, we're so thankful that you know us by name, and you know just exactly who we are and where we are, where we've been, and where we might go. We thank you, Lord, that you offer to us life and joy, and we choose joy, Lord. We want to find joy, and Lord, in this world, we just want to trust you, and we all have things that make us anxious that we can't control, and Lord, we surrender those to you. Please meet us at our point of need. You know our story and help us to be bold in articulating specifically what we need. I need help with. And Father, we also pray that you will give each of us a sense of thankful hearts, that we'll be considerate and kind and gentle as we interact with others and find things for which to give thanks always. And in that, find peace. As we trust you, as we do not worry, as we are anxious for nothing, But we trust you. We pray for your peace to fill us supernaturally. And may we sense your guarding, your companionship, that we are not alone ever, that you are with us even to the end of the age. Thank you for hearing our prayer. We surrender our lives to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like to know more about how you can find this same peace, this joy, and this sense of trust about which Corey Ten Boom spoke so often, give us a call. Just dial this number 1 800 757 View. That's 1 800 757 8439. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're by the phone. We want to hear from you.
1: Or if you like, you can visit us online at cbhviewpoint.org. Send us a message and we'll respond.
0: Or if you prefer at the last, just send me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana 46018, USA. But whether you reach out to us by phone, online, or by surface mail, please let us hear from you this week. Kimberly Majeski, I'm so glad your mom gave you that hiding place book so long <laughs> ago. Too. You could not have guessed that someday you'd be a radio star <laughs> bringing life to the world. Indeed. <laughs> and we're so glad you're here today. And we thank you for tuning in and joining us. We hope you'll be with us again next week as we bring you one more life lesson from the remarkable journey of Corey Ten Boom. But until then be encouraged. And for all of us at the Viewpoint ministry team, stay tuned.